0: Government mandated podcast is made possible by an order from the federal government, a species of microscopic bacteria granting the hosts mystical podcasting powers and listeners like you.
1: episode 20 you're usually the one who's singing now I'm the one who's singing with really good word fitting uh-huh. so it sounds totally natural it sounds really, really good yeah that's how I sing generally I really thought this song through before I started singing okay I never but do, um
2: unless it's a song that I already know if it's a real song
1: <laughs> but I we never have
2: think my songs through
1: but we have made it we've made it
2: we've made it to 20. We're so old.
1: It's been a long, hard road.
2: Mm-hmm. But definitely. Did, definitely. You,
1: did you ever think, when you were a little girl, growing <laughs> up in Payton City, uh-huh. that you would make it to episode 20 of your very own podcast?
2: Oh, I certainly didn't, because you know, podcasts didn't exist back then.
1: You didn't have that kind of prescience as a child?
2: No. <laughs> I don't know what I thought I'd do.
1: Well, that's where you and I differ. I was the uh the town bone scryer. <laughs> it's it's kinda like the town crier, but so a little different. I, I know th-
2: that you mean like knuckle bones. Uh-huh. Like with little intricate carvings on them that foretell the future. Or perhaps that have been cracked in a fire in a weird way. <laughs> but bone scrying sounds awfully penis driven.
1: Ran, I was a child. I was a child.
2: Oh fair. Fair, fair.
1: That's gross.
2: you're wrong you're not wrong. you're not wrong.
1: Anyway, so I was blowing all these dudes. No. <laughs>
2: <laughs> anyway. <laughs> now it's uh, my turn to be appended. Yep,
1: fair, fair. But as of the the day of this recording uh, on this momentous episode, it actually falls on National Dog Day.
2: Oh, how sweet.
1: So that's pretty great. um how how are you celebrating National Dog Day? I'm Fran? snuggling
2: our dog. After this podcast is over. (laughs) I can't snuggle her now because she'd mess with the mic. She'd hit it with her face like a jerk.
1: Or she'd just take over with her smooth, dulcet (laughs)
2: tones. She'd just be over there going, because that's how she sounds.
1: Yep. That's what the people want to hear. That's why I don't let her get on mic.
2: (laughs) You shouldn't let me get on mic either, evidently. Oh, yeah. Well,
1: uh Speaking of if 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 uh, Ran, I know. Is there something you wanted to address right out the gate?
2: Yes, I, I want to address. I may be uh, kind of off on this episode. I am very tired. The reason for this is I have a massive ear infection, and it's not. I've taken a lot of painkillers, so right now not hurting so bad, but I am tired, and I probably sound weird, and I apologize.
1: Yep. You you rubbed all the uh, the Bengay on your ear canal, and now you're fine.
2: <laughs> I wish it were that simple. Uh, no, I've got cotton balls in both ears while we are recording, so uh, I'm very concerned that I'm going to sound super weird and super nasally. Uh, hopefully I'm not, but if I am, I'm very sorry. I'm very sorry.
1: Well, you can't sound any more na- nasally than, than your co-host, so... <sighs> I'm typically pretty measly is what I'm saying. I don't agree with you. Okay. Well, agree to disagree. But I did a little bit of celebrating for National Dog Day today as well.
2: Please tell me how.
1: I, uh, in loving tribute of our dear sweet dog, ZZ, Mm -hmm. I went and I broke the vacuum cleaner.
2: (laughs) Are you serious?
1: Yeah, yeah, Is it's broken. Is the vacuum broken.
2: cleaner really broken? This
1: vacuum cleaner that's sitting right over here? Uh-huh. Yeah, it's broken. It doesn't work anymore.
2: What happened?
1: Well, here's the thing. I was going to just bribe the vacuum. I was just going to say, hey, vacuum, why don't you leave town for a few days? <laughs> slide a briefcase full of, like, <laughs> dust bunnies across the table to it. Uh huh. It wasn't having it. It wasn't leaving town, so I, of course, had to, you know... Crack some knuckles and uh-huh. break, some, break some legs and scry some bones.
2: Scry some bones. Yep.
1: That's why they <laughs> call me Bone Scryer. They call me Richard Richard Scryer. <sighs> but I'm ching. Yep. Um. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I was just vacuuming the and other day. And exploded? it just exploded? No, and it just started uh, smelling weird, like uh-huh. in a burny sort of way.
2: Ah, uh, You know, that's, that's a familiar thing for me. I can't tell you how many vacuum cleaners that my mom bought That I subsequently broke.
1: Because you were feeling the burn.
2: (laughs) Uh, No, I would just be tasked with um, sweeping and I didn't want to do it, so I wouldn't pick up before sweeping. (laughs) So there'd be a lot of like, you know, vacuum breaking items on the floor because I was a child. Anyway.
1: You vacuumed a a floor made of pennies.
2: Probably. That's probably what happened. You
1: vacuumed the inside of Scrooge McDuck's vault.
2: Yeah, I think I did. (laughs) Mom would tell you I probably broke like 20 vacuums. I don't think it's that big, but I think mom would tell you I broke 20.
1: Yeah, I I think you you need to lowball a little more. I think it's more like 15. (laughs) I'm just saying, I've seen you vacuum. You're a dangerous vacuumer. You're
2: saying you've got quite a low opinion of my vacuuming skills. Is this why you generally clean the floors?
1: Yes. Worked.
2: Yes. Exactly. So, <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's it's just you're so reckless, Nail. You play by your own set of rules.
2: Oh man, but we just found it, out some can... like real serious shit in the <laughs> podcast here. Marriage? Am I right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I mean, you get the job done. You get results. But oh man, I just don't care for your <laughs> cowboy vacuuming attitude. Cowboy. I've I've seen your future, I've scribed the bones. That's
2: true, you are a bone crier
1: But uh so we'll have to go out and invest in a new a new vacuum dog hair removal cleaner. device. Yeah. yeah, a new dog stink uh picker upper. Yeah. So what uh, what are you thinking? Like dirt devil?
2: Again, that's that's the only way I think to really clean a home is to make a pact with the dirt devil.
1: Yeah, that that's easily my favorite brand of vacuum.
2: <laughs> it would be. You it, would like- want the devil brand vacuum. <laughs>
1: like it's it's amazing that a brand called dirt devil got over
2: yeah nobody was like "Ooh, no i'm scared of the devil (laughs) (laughs) i don't want him to clean my home
1: (laughs) he leaves my home smelling like brimstone like he's been cleaning (laughs) with uh hail satan wipes or something that's
2: right that's how he does it (laughs) the hail satan brand vacuum
1: but uh I'll tell you what I won't buy though. I don't think I'm gonna put down the money for the jet engine Dyson oh, vacuum.
2: That's a shame. I bet it sucks real good.
1: <laughs> Mostly 'cause I'm I'm scared of uh I'm scared of what you do with that kind of power, Rand. Do
2: you know what I want? What's that? I want a Roomba. Oh, okay. Because uh I I wanna live on the Death Star. <laughs>
1: You want a little mouse droid to just drive yeah, around? Yeah,
2: and... he's just, you know, you're doing your thing, your robot's doing its thing, and that thing is picking up your floor.
1: So you're saying you want a slave?
2: It's a robot, so it's not sentient. Especially not in 2016. In the future, we'll talk. <laughs> but right now, those are dumb little robots.
1: Okay, so we'll go out and we'll get a robot nick for you.
2: <laughs> I would buy one if they weren't so goddamn expensive. I, I would already own one.
1: Honestly, I, I haven't priced them. Are they any more expensive than those crazy Dysons?
2: Than those crazy Dysons? I don't know. They're like $300. Yeah. I don't want to spend that kind of scratch yeah, on a vacuum. because
1: Dysons, they have easily a couple hundo. But, uh, Who
2: says scratch? Why did I just say <laughs> I don't want to spend that kind of scratch.
1: <laughs> it's because you just came in from the corner where you were wheeling and dealing. <laughs>
2: that must be it.
1: Also, you're from the 1970s.
2: <laughs> that seems legit. If any one of us looks like we came out of the 1970s, it's definitely me.
1: <laughs> cool chops, man.
2: <laughs> that's a callback.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's what we in the biz call a callback. It's. I think it's going to be a really great National Dog Day then, because mm-hmm. Zizi will not have to worry about her most hated enemy.
2: That's true. I'm uh, sure she broke the vacuum while you weren't looking. You think? Yeah, she put the penny right underneath so when you turned it on you couldn't even see it but it just went right in there.
1: (laughs) And she looked up, looked at the vacuum square and it's vacuum (laughs) eyes and made a throat cut motion (laughs) with her little paw. (laughs) That would be Uh, very cute. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we've got the most adorable little little heavy in our house. (laughs) But uh, I think she's going to have a great day. She's going to snooze it up. Yep. Get lots of pets, get probably a treat or two too many.
2: Yep, sounds legit.
1: But Ran, I need to ask, why are we doing this podcast this week?
2: Well, RJ, this week, I just saw this kid rushing through the street, going up to all the houses, coming up to our house, and just yelling, Podcaster, die! Podcaster, die! And then he'd move on to the next house. That was the local podcast crier, you see. From the government, you know, like our podcast says in the beginning.
1: Yeah, uh, I should probably apologize to the listeners who, who thought we were going to keep doing that bit every single week, <laughs> um, but that was the original intent. Yes, we are a podcast being made because the government is going to jail or worse if we don't continue to do so. Uh, every person under the age of 75 is required to have a podcast by it's the true. American Podcasting Act of 2016. So, yep. here we are. And I guess that makes this episode 20 of Government Mandated Podcast. We might have mentioned that already.
2: We might have, kind but it doesn't deal. matter. Yeah, Let's just talk about and it.
1: Government this is mandated, 20 episodes. Yep, and Government Mandated Podcast episode 20, and it's being made to avoid jail time, and also because uh, a town crier boy... Uh, went to go throw my podcast paper onto my porch, but he missed it. <laughs> and I don't like a soggy pod paper, so no. we've started doing it in digital form.
2: That's right.
1: Seems slightly more efficient.
2: RJ, what haven't you been telling me this week?
1: Well, I didn't want to tell you this. <laughs>
2: That's why you saved him for the podcast. Yeah,
1: I didn't I didn't really want to tell you this cuz I have been I've been hiding something from you, Ran.
2: A deep dark secret other than breaking the vacuum?
1: Uh yeah, other than that. <laughs> this is uh RJ Kreiner. Secrets.
2: Secrets.
1: <laughs> I have been hiding something from you, and that is that I started watching an anime.
2: An anime, eh?
1: Yep. Yep. And I've been very ashamed about it. And I've been trying to hide it from you. I've been taking, yeah, I've been taking more steps to, (laughs) to cover my tracks than I do with pornography. (laughs) Just trying to be like. No, no, she don't look have at know. that.
2: She mustn't know. She mustn't know that I watched an anime.
1: Uh, make sure to clear my browsing history and uh, <laughs> change the change the Apple TV back from subtitles. Uh huh. Yeah,
2: uh-huh. I, I thought
1: I, I thought I gave the game away the other day when I do uh, remember
2: the subtitles came up and I was like, oh, he must have been watching one of his uh, chi- Chinese movies that he loves so much Chinese martial arts movies. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. And that's acceptable. But uh, I did start watching an anime. I'm about. Halfway through the first season of okay. One Punch Man, I started oh, okay. watching.
2: I have heard of this. He defeats all his enemies with one punch. Am I correct in the premise?
1: Uh, yeah. The name is the show, <laughs> much like uh, a lot of our games yes. on this very program are. <laughs> but yeah, that's this show is insane, for starters. Okay. Um, every episode is... And now, like I said, I'm only halfway through the first season, And that's only about six, six or seven episodes I'm into. Right. But so far, every episode has been, uh, some sort of villain shows up and they're some kind of big badass with this elaborate backstory that they make sure to tell you during the episode. Of course. Then they trigger some sort of power that each of them has. And then they get, uh, incredibly large and vascularly muscled. (laughs) And then One Punch Man punches them once, and like all of their organs fall off their body, like in Mortal Kombat Two, <laughs> that like like funny. six rib cages and uh, <laughs> just <laughs> just a, a various uh, melange of uh, <laughs> of organ meats. Okay, and that's the joke every episode.
2: See, that's I feel like that would be funny for maybe two or three episodes.
1: It, I mean. <laughs> it's it's all right so far, I mean it's certainly got some nice animation at points, although in other points not as much because it's going for a uh a stylish uh reference to the manga and stuff uh-huh so it'll sometimes every now and again it'll it'll actually go sort of black and white and like a manga, yeah, and i I don't know it uh it would look all right, but the the frame rate it drops
2: mm-hmm. mhm, I got you.
1: But yeah, so it's an insane show.
2: Okay, One Punch Man. Interesting.
1: Yep. Yep. So if you want to hear the same joke, get told over and over (laughs) and over again. (laughs) Watch One Punch Man or listen to this show.
2: Yep. We are hacks, I guess. (laughs) Ba-ba-da-ba-ba.
1: Ah, bone scrying. Anyway, (laughs) but uh, Ran, what haven't you been telling me?
2: Okay, RJ, do you remember what Dazzle Camouflage is?
1: Yeah, it's sort of like when they would paint boats a certain way during, I think, what World War II to uh, make it difficult to sell to tell which part of the boat was where. Yeah, when uh, people would try to target. The them.
2: idea was you'd draw a lot of lines on it, black and white stuff, uh, weird shapes, geometric patterns, in order to break up the outline of the boat so that. Um, People, you would if you were looking out, you would have a hard time distinguishing what exactly the fuck that was out there on the on the sea. Right. Um, let me tell you about dazzle camouflage makeup. Please have a look at my iPad. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, ladies, what you doing? What are you doing with that camouflage makeup?
2: This is designed to. Fool facial recognition software oh i'm
1: sorry there's there's a dude there too i'm sorry
2: the point is to uh have so many things going on on your face that facial recognition software can't pick up what is a human face feature or put it in the wrong spot
1: oh man they're not even going to be able to zoom and enhance
2: not if not with any of these things rj i think it would be good if you described some of these great looks
1: Oh, okay. Well, uh, the first one here at the top, we've got uh, a lady with short blonde hair, but she's also got big black bangs on the front of her head that yes. look like they're stapled on. And then half of those bangs are even longer, and they're blue-tipped after they reach a certain point. Beyond that, she's got... uh In the NFL, uh, <laughs> they used to do a sort of like... uh what was it, like a black sunscreen under one uh, under each cheek? Yeah, I think it but, was a glare reducer. Yeah, like a glare redu- reduction uh, stuff. But uh, yeah, she's got that under one eye at a sort of jaunty angle.
2: That's the fuck with the computers, man. They can't tell what's going on.
1: Yeah, that's pretty great. Um, and I'm going to give a shout out actually to the fourth one uh, we've got here. We've got here a lady who looks like she could easily... Uh, she could just as easily be trying to cosplay as somebody from Steven Universe. <laughs> like, she looks like she could be Pearl's <laughs> sister, perhaps. <laughs> She's got, like, half a butterfly on each cheek. Yeah. And these sort of uh, choppy,
2: choppy, uneven bangs. Une-
1: uneven bangs. Yeah. Yes.
2: You got to get that choppy look that really fucks with the computer. They don't like it when things aren't symmetrical.
1: Oh, man, they're going to love me. <laughs>
2: My favorite is the dude that's got some like weird punk spikes going into his, his, weird punk spikes made of hair going down over his face, like some sort of misfits shit. And yeah. then he's got some little brown like pixelation marks, like he's marked pixelation on it, his face. Yes. If, <laughs> if
1: each member of the misfits also had a backgammon board on the side of their <laughs> face, that's about what this guy looks like.
2: So anyway, I found out about this this week and I just, I almost texted you some of these pictures and I was like, you know what? Save it for the podcast.
1: <laughs> well, what I want to know is what world do they live in where they need to fool facial recognition software? Well,
2: maybe they're criminals. Yeah. Maybe they are. They look
1: awfully hipster for criminals.
2: You don't want to make it too obvious that you're trying to fool facial recognition <laughs> software. You oh. do want to be obvious, but not that you're trying to fool facial recognition software. You just want to look like maybe you're in a J-Rock band.
1: <laughs> fair. You might want to have your, like, terror cell meeting at, like, <laughs> at, at the farmer's market this week.
2: I mean, maybe these are people who are just very interested in protecting their own privacy, RJ. Oh,
1: fair, fair. They also live in the same world as Jason Bourne. <laughs>
2: From what I understand, uh, this this stuff is uh, theoretical only.
1: <laughs> oh, really? They yeah, have nobody's, put...
2: nobody's actually going out in the world in this in these
1: looks. <laughs> they haven't put put this through rigorous testing. Not
2: to, not to my knowledge. But to be fair, I didn't really look.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's it's almost like they didn't even care, and they just had people <laughs> wear wacky things because they thought it would get hits. Maybe so. Oh, I can't believe that. I just don't know who to trust anymore. <laughs> It's like the entire internet is based solely on whatever they can get eyes on.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Huh. And by the way, you all should keep listening to our podcast and yeah. visit our website. Way- <laughs> get,
2: get ears on this podcast. Oh,
1: yeah. Well, that is amazing. Uh, I have not seen...
2: Ridiculous shit like that for a while.
1: Yeah, that's, that's some next-level ridiculousness. <laughs> uh, but I think we're going to go ahead and take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, I think you've got a game for us to play. Yes. Coming this summer, the
0: balls out, arms out, legs out, whole body out movie experience you've been waiting for. Childhood Intact. Childhood Intact is the compelling story of a dozen or so brave men and no women who boldly stood up and said, Enough is enough movie execs. Their stand against media which played to a wide audience becomes the stuff of legend after they put it all on the line by making hateful anonymous messages to celebrities whose greatest crime was being in a movie our heroes didn't personally with Take that, big Hollywood! Childhood Intact is told through a series of one-sided interviews, or rants as they've been known to business insiders, where you can expect our heroes to tell it like it is, hold nothing back, whether you like it or not. They're being logical, you see.
1: Art Art is is objective.
0: Childhood Intact, because this is their clubhouse, and no girls allowed. You've got cooties.
2: Hey, listeners, welcome back from that commercial break. It's time to play a game. RJ, do you know what game we're playing this week?
1: I'm going to say that it's Know Your Google.
2: That's your game. Oh. This is my game.
1: I'm so self-obsessed. <laughs> I, I live in the modern age. Um. No. No. What What game are we playing, Grant?
2: Is this the real life or is this just fantasy? Well,
1: you were sick. That was beautiful.
2: I think it sounded like garbage, but that's through two cotton balls. So we'll see when I <laughs> listen to the playback on Monday. We'll see.
1: Okay. Well. Uh. In case the listeners haven't uh heard an episode with this game, how's how's it played?
2: Okay, what I'm going to do is tell RJ the name of a thing. He's going to decide whether this is a thing from real life history or if it's a thing from a fantasy novel or maybe a sci-fi novel.
1: Okay, and I will be very good at this game because uh, I am the Mm Mm-hmm.
2: and
1: uh, I got this Here Come Javar and I'm just going to... I'm just gonna jab you just a little bit if this I is get. That's why so- I
2: stay away from Dune in here. Yeah, if I just <laughs> if
1: I get something wrong, I'll just give you a little jab. It's all uh,
2: good. it's funny you should bring up the Quees Sodorok because this uh this time I have a bit of a theme. Oh yeah? Yeah. And uh my theme this time is religion.
1: Okay. Well, I'm not afraid of this. Because <laughs> fear is the mind killer.
2: That's right. Fear is the little death. And I don't remember the rest of the quote, so don't at me. All right, RJ. I'd like you to tell me about the Emerald Tablet.
1: Okay, the Emerald Tablet is an ancient Chinese artifact holding the spirit of Lopan. Uh huh. And once shattered, his his essence will escape into the body of the nearest mortal vessel. But it can only but it can only be shattered if you've. Uh, If you've harnessed the power of a Chinese girl with green eyes.
2: Ah, okay. So, big trouble in Little China. Right. (laughs) So, your guess is fantasy. My
1: guess is fantasy.
2: (laughs) Well, you're wrong. The Emerald Tablet is a cryptic and compact piece of the Hermetica, which is a book by some guy named Hermes something, reputed to contain the secret of the Prima Materia and its transmutation it was highly regarded by European alchemists as the foundation of their art, and the original source of the emerald tablet is unknown.
1: All right, so I said it was magic, and it turns out it's alchemy.
2: Okay, but it's a real piece of writing.
1: Which, if I'm keeping up with with Mustaine's five magics, (laughs) give me alchemy. Give me sorcery. Yes. Give me wizardry, thermatology. Yes. I mean, I mean, I'm in there.
2: You're in there, but this is um.
1: <laughs> but it's a real thing that people think is real, even well, though it's, it's fake.
2: a real. It's a real writing, and it's a thing because people thought alchemy was real.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's true.
2: They were like, "Oh, that seems legit. Let's turn." Let's turn lead to gold.
1: Yeah, I was stockpiling lead just for that. Like <laughs> I have I had lead futures heavily invested.
2: It's a real deal thing.
1: the, the bottom About really fell fake out thing. of the the, <laughs> the bottom really fell out of the lead market. <laughs> That's probably because all that lead's so heavy, and it just it's true. Yeah, it just broke the floor.
2: It's true. I can see it. I can see it.
1: Okay, so what's what's uh, number two?
2: Number two. All right, RJ. Tell me about the I Delay.
1: The what?
2: The Ainu Lindelay.
1: Ainuland delay?
2: I knew delay? I knew delay. That's how I'm saying it, and I'm sticking to it, <laughs> and I don't give a shit if I'm wrong.
1: Okay. Um This is an honorary position mm-hmm. in the Church of the High Skeleton Wizard. <laughs> in the popular throne of bones series of bones. in which <laughs> the top the top dozen bone scriers from across the land <laughs> gather to compete to see who sees uh who sees the most comfortable way to sit on, on this jagged jagged throne of bones okay uh, and uh yeah mm-hmm. so this is a fantasy thing
2: uh, yeah, it's a th- it is a fantasy thing. Not from the fictitious <laughs> Throne of Bones series, unfortunately <laughs> for you. Damn. You gotta get to writing that, RJ. It sounds good. Ainulindalë <laughs> uh, is the creation account in J.R.R. Tolkien's Legendarium. Wikipedia is very fanciful when writing about Tolkien. Published as the first part of the posthumously published Cimmerillion... Sorry, I can't get through that sentence. In many ways, central to L- Tolkien's subcreative cosmology, I <laughs> <laughs> did I say that Wikipedia likes to get fanciful when writing about Tolkien? Oh, jeez. The Aina gives an account of Einer, a class of angelic beings who perform a great musical prefiguring of the creation of the material universe.
1: Well, when you when you're creating the material universe. It's really good if you pre-order, because if you walk in there launch day, it's just going to be a madhouse on creation. Everybody's going to be wanting ribs left and right. It's
2: true. It's very true. Uh, they introduce the theme of the sentient race, races of elves and men. They were not anticipated by the Ainur, and they give physical being to the prefigured universe. Some of the Ainur decide to enter the physical world and prepare for their arrival by becoming Valar. That made perfect sense, right? Sure.
1: That wasn't a bunch of nonsense made up <laughs> words. <laughs> throne of Bones. Look for it. 2018. Okay. Yeah.
2: Throne of Bones. Throne of Bones. It's so great. You're going to want a bone <laughs> from the throne.
1: Property of, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Property of Horsehead Publishing. Oh, man. Okay. So what's the next one, Ran?
2: Tell me about Inanna.
1: Inanna. Mhm. Inanna is Oh jeez. I can't think of a way to guess at this that doesn't come off slightly racist. Okay. So, I'm going to say that is a real life thing based in uh, I'm going to bite the bullet here and say that it's uh of of Native American culture. Oh. And it's a real life thing and it is uh A name for a sacred mountain range.
2: That all sounds very plausible to me. Okay. But it's wrong. Except for the being real life part. It is real life.
1: Okay. Well, great.
2: (laughs) Uh, Inanna is a Sumerian goddess who you might know better. as her later name, Ishtar.
1: Ah, okay. Okay.
2: She is among the most important deities and the most important goddess in the Mesopotamian pantheon. She is primarily known as the goddess of sexual love and is equally prominent goddess of warfare. In her astral as- aspect, Unanna is the planet Venus, the morning and the evening star.
1: Now, this could just be me here, but sex and warfare, not, not a great combo.
2: Well, I guess at that time they were thinking of... uh I don't know. It makes enough Re- sense.
1: Replenish your troops by going home. Well, and- <laughs>
2: I mean, I guess that's one way to go about it. I'm thinking from a standpoint of uh, hot blood, if you will. Oh, okay. Getting fired up about shit, if you will.
1: Uh, okay, that makes you gotta, sense. You got to get
2: fired up your to passions. kill your. You kill your enemy with a spear or whatever, and you got to get fired up to go have sex with people.
1: <laughs> what if? What if they're just. What if they're just conquering through their sexual arts?
2: Well, I mean, maybe that's a way to conquer. You just go, I mean, that's how you get the...
1: L- have you heard of libido imperialism, Ryan?
2: <laughs> Isn't that what Dr. Wayne Stuck would say about the Mongols who invaded China, that they eventually became Chinese because oh, they yeah, took all yeah. those Chinese wives?
1: That's fair. That's fair.
2: I feel like that's a real thing.
1: Yeah, they fucked their way into cultural prominence. <laughs> just like the Kennedys. Hoo-hoo! Hoo-hoo! Oh,
2: RJ went there. Take that, people who have a soft spot for the Kennedys. RJ went there. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, the gloves are off. <laughs> Family full of <laughs> dead people. Ha-ha.
2: Oh, now it's getting sad. RJ, uh, let's go.
1: <laughs> yes, please. Let's move on. <laughs> All
2: right. Tell me about Fordism.
1: Fordism. Fordism. Okay. Well, Fordism, obviously, first thing that comes to mind is uh, like the cult of Gerald Ford <laughs> who believes that if you just put yourself in proximity of power enough,
2: maybe, maybe
1: something's going to happen and you'll eventually <laughs> find yourself in power. So uh. that's first thing that comes to my mind. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and go along those lines and say that this is a real life thing.
2: A real life thing. Oh, you're so wrong. It ain't real, dog.
1: Ah, uh, see? I I almost went the other way just because it <laughs> sounded like, Ford, that's a real life person's name.
2: It is. In yeah. fact, this is from the Brave New World book. Have you read that one?
1: I have not. Okay. I they didn't make re-
2: you read that in school? Uh,
1: I know of the book. I haven't read the book. Okay. There's a lot of books I haven't read. Most books.
2: Well, I was not sure sometimes schools make you read this one. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, Brave New World. Fordism. The world state is built upon the principles of Henry Ford's assembly line. Mass production, homogeneity, predictability, and the consumption of disposable consumer goods. While the world state lacks any supernatural-based religions, Ford himself is revered as the creator of their society, but not as a deity. So there you go.
1: Yep. Now I I know all about Fordism, so I can... (laughs) Become complacent and thus allow the government to rule me through that complacency. Oh
2: yeah, that's that's what they're going for there. You're just a cog in the machine, yeah. man. You're letting do the man do all your thinking for you and you just <laughs> yes sir, no, sir. I'm a piece of the machine. I'll put a peg on a thing and it'll just move down the line.
1: That's right. I just had a long hard day of just pushing buttons <laughs> at spacely sprockets. <laughs> I'm making I'm making sprockets, but I'm also a sprocket.
2: It's been a while since I've read Brave New World. I feel like I should give it a reread because at the time, I remember it being kind of like, whoa, but maybe now that I'm an adult, it wouldn't be as whoa.
1: See, I, I haven't I haven't read Brave New World, but I have listened to Brave New World. Oh? The Iron Maiden song. Oh.
2: <laughs> now, how much do they talk about Soma use? in? And not
1: um... as much. Not as much.
2: That's a drug they take in that book. To feel complacent.
1: Ah, well. Just in case you not Context. Didn't
2: know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: Well, uh, what what do you have? Uh, this last one, yeah?
2: Yep, this is our last boy. Okay,
1: and I'm I'm at what? Two and two here?
2: Yeah. This oh, is a tiebreaker. Oh,
1: tiebreaker. Oh, no pressure, no pressure.
2: All right. This one is Manichaeism.
1: Manichaeism. Yes.
2: Again, this is one I probably am pronouncing wrong. Again, don't care. Manichaeism.
1: Okay. Manichaeism is a religion. <laughs> he, he guesses as though the theme isn't religion. Uh, is a religion which stresses personal autonomy and freedom. <laughs> from Big Brother from, yeah. and his uh, and his controlling everything in your life from the way you talk about immigrants <laughs> to who you can and can ser- can and can't serve cakes to <laughs> to how many military grade armaments and vehicles you get to own <laughs> we're tired of you trying to run our lives uncle government uncle government <laughs>
2: Our new favorite reoccurring character, Uncle Government.
0: Why, yes, I'm Uncle Government. <laughs> I don't know why I talk like a Southern <laughs> Plantation
1: owner.
2: Yeah, I don't know who either. <laughs> uh, kind uh, of a sidebar, uh, sidebar to this general discussion here. I did have someone tell me uh, at work the other day that they were worried that soon you wouldn't be able to hide your money from the government in any way. The government would know all about all of your <laughs> money. Yeah.
1: <laughs> The government really cares about that, that 20 I got stashed in that old pair of jeans.
2: Uh, yeah, that's what I was thinking. I didn't say any of that to them, of course. But Fair. anyway,
1: okay. But yes. Um, but this is a... Now, while this sounds like such a real-life thing that I'm describing, uh-huh. it's a fantasy thing from book. From a book? From a book. Tell me about book. Um, oh, okay. This book is written by a uh, renowned forward thinker uh-huh. uh bill uh, uh Watterson. Bill no. Watterson? Is wait that a,
2: is that a like investment firm <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: it's uh it's it's sam Watterson's brother oh yes <laughs> brother oh right <laughs> only he's much more conservative than sam waterson that
2: makes perfect sense to me All right, Archie, I'm going to put you out of your misery. All right. Uh, Manichaeism is a real life thing. Damn. Uh, Manichaeism is a religion that was founded by the Iranian prophet Mani. (laughs) M-A-N-I. It's probably like Mani, actually. I bet that's probably right. Mani.
1: (laughs) Well, you tricked me.
2: (laughs) Uh, Manichaeism taught an elaborate dualistic cosmology describing the struggle between good and a spiritual world of light, and evil, a material world of, dar- world of darkness. Through an ongoing process which takes place in human history, light is gradually removed from the world of matter and returned to the world of light from whence it came. Its beliefs are based on local Mesopotamian, Gnostic, and religious movements. At its height, it was one of the most widespread religions on the world, stretching as far east as China and as far west as the Roman Empire.
1: Favorite thing about that recap? make making Doctor Strange hands like the whole time. <laughs> she can't talk about mystical cosmology without thinking of the wands of Watoom.
2: The and, Eye of Agamotto has shown me the way.
1: Yep, and that's why that's why marriage works, folks. Oh. Well, I lost my first game of uh, Real Life, real life or Fantasy. Ah, oh, twenty episodes in, my my reputation. <laughs> how will i show my face in public
2: oh i got some stuff wrong about ancient religions nobody ever heard of <laughs> weep, they'll
1: see weep. me in the st- <laughs> they'll see me in the streets and be like hey look there's that overpaid bum who doesn't know about mesopotamian <laughs> religions <laughs> and i'll be like hey you know i do the show for free right i don't i'll get paid and they will be like yeah <laughs> you're still paid too much you should right. pay us to listen to you not know stuff
2: That sounds like the internet. That seems completely (laughs) authentic to the internet. RJ, on that note, I think we ought to take a little break and listen to some commercials.
1: Oh, heck yeah, products. Has this ever happened to any human? Ugh,
0: I stubbed my toe. It sure does hurt. Cut Cut it it off. Send it to your your lover. lover. My nose is so stuffed up, I can hardly breathe. Cut, Cut it, it off, send it, send it to your, your lover.
1: I'm suffering from a mild to severe air infection. Cut, Cut it, it off, send it, send it to your lover. Hey, I'm Dr. Vinnie Van Gogh, here to tell you about an exciting new medical breakthrough that'll cure almost any ailment. It's a simple three-step process I personally developed during a moment of completely lucid, non-mental breakdown on. Step 1. Identify the problem area. Step 2. Cut it off! It's making you weaker. You don't need it. Step 3. With exact postage, mail it to your lover. They'll appreciate knowing you're making self-improvement. So remember, when you got a body part dragging you down, CUT IT it OFF! SEND IT TO to YOUR your lover. LOVER! And we're back, back in town, like the boys that you've heard so much about.
2: Mm-hmm. Me and the boys are down at, what is it, Dino's? <laughs> we're down at Dino's Bar and Grill. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I bet that place is a shithole. <laughs> but they do have half price apps. so. Yeah, well. Well, Ryan, I'm here with a game for you.
2: Bring it on.
1: And I wanted to see whether or not you are a trivia guest
2: my guess, probably no. That's been my uh, track record thus well, far. Well,
1: guess what? You got it right on the first go. So three <laughs> points, you you win. <laughs> no, but uh, trivia uh in case you haven't heard uh, the show before, the way this game works is I'm going to ask her a series of five uh, thematic questions. She's going to get three guesses at each of those questions. For the first guess, she'll get three points. Second guess, two points. Third guess, one point. And if she can't get it, zero. Uh A maximum total of 15 points.
2: Which I will not get.
1: Oh, I don't know. I've
2: gotten like, what, 2.5 is the most points I've ever gotten out of this?
1: Not true, not true. Your high (laughs) score in this game is four. Oh, well. (laughs) But this week, I think you're going to do very well, because in honor of our 20th episode, uh, I have made the theme of this week's trivia guestberts, the 1920s.
2: A mm-hmm. Ragtime music.
1: <laughs> uh, the 1920s, or of course, as they're popularly known, the Roaring Twenties. Yep. Uh, what you might not know is in France and Quebec, uh, it was known as Ani Uh Oh, what uh, is that? Ani translates as blank years. What's the blank there?
2: Hmm. Can you tell me how the word is spelled?
1: A N N E E S F O L L E S.
2: Sometimes it helps to see a word because then you might be clued into like a, a cognate or something or a mm-hmm. similar past. Fair. Like I probably would have picked up on the uh the A-N-N-E part of it, because that looks like annual a little uh-huh. bit. Hmm. I'm gonna say they were the feather years.
1: I'm sorry, that's incorrect. <laughs> okay, uh, they were not bird years. What's uh? What's guess number two?
2: The flap years.
1: Ah, like flappers. Yes. No, I'm sorry, that's also not okay. correct.
2: Should probably stay away from FLS now, I guess. Hmm. The mistake years.
1: No, it's not the mistake years, although that is probably your closest guess of the bunch.
2: I was guessing maybe that F L O F O L L E part
1: was. was like folly? Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, it was actually uh, known as the crazy years.
2: Crazy.
1: They were so crazy. How wacky. Yep, emphasizing the era's social, artistic, and cultural dynamism. Ooh. Ooh. Okay, and once they had established the Roaring Twenties, or the Anifole, uh, here in the States, in the Twenties, we also did something pretty uh, monumentous uh, for the time. Probably a little overdue, of course, but we gave women the right to vote with the 19th yes. amend- Amendment.
2: I knew that one.
1: Uh, now, what you might not know is that Mississippi was the very last state to ratify that amendment.
2: Does this surprise anybody? Absolutely not.
1: Yes. Now, what year did Mississippi ratify the amendment?
2: I would to say it's something obscenely later, like 1993. Is that your guess? Yes.
1: Mm, I'm sorry, that's incorrect. It is earlier than that.
2: Okay. Let's go with nineteen. 19- 68.
1: I'm sorry that is also incorrect it is later than that
2: of course it is <laughs> uh, let's see 1985
1: you know what I'm going to give this one to you. It is 1984.
2: I was very close.
1: Yeah. I, I probably should have said you get a margin of error of two years. Or right. It's awful like hard that. to
2: pick one yeah, year. Yeah, to pick
1: one year uh, from 1920 till modern day. But uh, yeah, yeah, you totally get that for a point. Um, Yay. Yeah, Mississippi finally ratified women's <laughs> right to vote March 22nd, 1984. Goddamn, damn, dudes. After being rejected on March 29th, 1920.
2: <laughs> they just didn't bring it up again yep. <laughs> until the 80s.
1: It took them 64 <laughs> years to be like, "Hey, ladies."
2: And I I like to think that at this at, in 84, somebody just picked that dusty document out of like a drawer somewhere and goes, "Oh, dude, we haven't uh, ratified this yet." We should probably get that in so that we don't look like complete assholes.
1: It's like uh, finding a way overdue credit card bill.
2: Yeah, and when you're like, oh, God, send it now. Send it now.
1: Please remit right to to vote for (laughs) over half of the population post haste.
2: Oh, man. It's so fucking great.
1: Okay, well, next up, in the 1920s, while they were not invented... Uh, mass production of automobiles. uh, And the automobile played a, huh?
2: I was going to say good old Ford. Yep.
1: Played a much bigger, uh, Fordism was in full effect. (laughs) Uh, Now, in the 1920s, uh, it became a much bigger part of people's lives, particularly the big three automobile manufacturers. And those companies were Ford, General Motors, and who? Daimler. Daimler. I'm sorry, that's incorrect. Okay. Guess number two. I don't even know that brand, by the way.
2: I think it, like, maybe I'm making it up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it sounds like I think it was, like, part of Chrysler or Chrysler bought them at some point. Or I'm making it up. I, very fuzzy. Let's see. Is it Chrysler?
1: It is Chrysler. Good job. I, thought I should go I, with that I, one. I was trying not to give away the game after you said Chrysler. <laughs> like I was trying not to be old saucer eyes over here, but uh, <laughs> yeah, you were you were hitting it. See, Rand, you know so much about cars.
2: I guess I do. You can't you can't get anything about cars by me. I know that four wheels go on the ground, <laughs> and uh, I know what the difference is between a manual transmission and an automatic.
1: I would say that's fair.
2: That's about all I know, bro.
1: Okay, well, next up we have jazz music.
2: Alright, let's get to the jazz club.
1: Mm-hmm. We're gonna play some, some smoky
2: st- sultry jazz.
1: Yep, yeah, we're gonna play some play some horn, blow some horn, do a little stand up bass. Mm-hmm. It's little, gonna be real cool. A little piano rag as you're <laughs> talking about. Um but uh one artist that was uh pretty popular at the time had a pretty unique name. Uh, and he's known for uh, composing the music for Stardust, Georgia On My Mind, and Heart and Soul. Hmm. Do you know the name of this musician? I will give you hints uh, for each wrong answer.
2: You know what I first wanted to say, and I don't think it's right, but I'm going to say anyway, Cab Calloway. Uh I'm sorry, that is incorrect.
1: (laughs) Oh. Um, this is, uh, a a bit of a surprise for the era. Uh, this is a, a white jazz musician. Oh, okay.
2: What's that dude's name who did Anything Goes? My brain is just completely gone. I don't remember his name. All right, so, he's got a unique name, says RJ. And since he's a white guy, I'm gonna call him Fishbelly Stevens. (laughs)
1: I would listen to a Fishbelly Stevens album. <laughs> it's pretty strong on the front end, but by the end, he's just flopping around.
2: <laughs> Obviously, I don't know, but there is my guess. Um,
1: no, I'm sorry. That is, that is surprisingly incorrect, but in the best possible way. Um, all right. I will give you one last hint, and that is that this man shares his name with a popular sandwich.
2: <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Jeff Monte Cristo. Uh, no. Uh, let's see. Popular sandwich. Let. What would be a popular sandwich? The Philly cheese steak. I already said the Monte Cristo. BLT. Those all sound like great jazz names.
1: <laughs> John BLT Williams. <laughs> That's what they called him on the cast of, <laughs> of of the original uh Blue Ruin. Blue Harvest.
2: There you go. Blue Ruin was an actual movie. Yes, that
1: was a ru- movie. Yep. <laughs> it was a great movie. But uh moving on.
2: Okay. I'm gonna go with Philly Cheese Steak Stevens.
1: <laughs> You're pretty close. <laughs> You're surprisingly close. I'll uh, gi- I'll give you half a point. Half a point. I'll give you half a point for knowing steak. for knowing which kind of sandwich it was. Oh uh, hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> uh, you were trying to pull Hoagie Carmichael.
2: Hoagie. <laughs>
1: yep, Howard Hoagland Hoagie Carmichael.
2: Hoagland. Yep. Oh man.
1: Yeah. He- He wrote Heart and Soul at the the piano song that every person knows. Yeah. So that's pretty crazy.
2: Good for you, Hoagie.
1: Imagine being the guy who wrote stuff like that. Like like if you were still alive and the ice cream truck played your song. (laughs) That would
2: be ridiculous.
1: That would be pretty crazy. All right. Well, last... uh, the Roaring Twenties came to an abrupt end.
2: Uh, g- gosh darn financial crisis!
1: Yes, the Great Depression, <laughs> which uh, took effect in October 29th, nineteen twenty nine, known as Black Tuesday. Uh-huh. Uh huh. The uh, worldwide gross domestic product fell pretty pretty abruptly. Um, just to give you a a quick gauge, the two thousand and eight uh, crash, the world GDP fell by 1%. In fact, less than 1%. Right,
2: and it was still significant.
1: And it was still pretty significant. How much did the world GDP fall during the Great Depression?
2: Okay. Well, I think because it was so devastating in the 30s with the worldwide depression, that that's why it didn't wasn't so bad in the most recent times because we have a lot of, you know, safety safeties if you will mhm the, the markets aren't quite as chaotic i say as if i know anything um
1: yeah we've got a we've got a free safety and a strong safety and a safety belt and yes. a safety we've even got a, a dance, dance to go with it
2: yes there you go i was waiting for you to get there okay
1: <laughs> i'm a little slow you got to give me time
2: <clears throat> how much did the world gdp fall i'm going to say 4%
1: I'm sorry, that's incorrect. It is higher.
2: God damn. All right. 10.
1: I'm sorry, that is incorrect. It is higher still.
2: Ouch. Ouch. Okay. Uh Let's say 20%.
1: I'm sorry, that's incorrect. The world GDP actually fell by an estimated 15%.
2: Wow. I almost guessed 15.
1: Yes. So just imagine that. Imagine like 50% or 15% of the value of everything just gone. That's over the course of like three years. Oof.
2: Fucking depressing.
1: This is a real feel good podcast right now.
2: RJ, you're bringing us down.
1: Okay. Well, why don't we go ahead and uh, tally the score here? Let's see. You got a half point uh, on Hoagie. Right. You got two points on uh, Chrysler, and you got a point on guessing when women could vote. So that's three and a half points.
2: All right. Still haven't beaten my high score. (laughs) Not
1: yet. Not yet. Oh, man. That's a tough game. But uh, I think we should go ahead and take a quick commercial break, and we'll come back on a hopefully uh, slightly less Great Depression note. (laughs) New in October 2018 from Horsehead Publishing comes Throne of Bones, the exciting first novel from promising author Daniel Youngman. Follow the expertly crafted tale of intrigues, alliances, and absolutely no nudity or violence. Daniel Youngman has dedicated his life to creating prose for everyone with nothing that might make a reader feel uneasy. Here's a clip of him reading a sample at his latest book signing. Celeste had long suspected Ilum of treachery, since his ambassadorial voyage to the house of Butterscotch had yielded only modest results.
0: With this in mind, she drew back her hand, plunging it
1: down again and again. The sharp tip became awash with life-giving liquid. So much so, that she would have to shake off any excess. Her quill in hand, she would write Ilum the sternly worded letter he so richly deserved. In addition to being a multiple award-winning tweeter, Daniel Youngman is in top physical shape, so you can expect his novels to continue to find their way to bookstores for years to come. No heart conditions or other unforeseen medical issues. You will have the multi-book narrative concluded or your money back. Look for Throne of Bones in 2018. Available at every bookstore that likes money or even your supermarket checkout.
2: Hey there, listener. Welcome to the end of the show. Part of the show.
1: Yep, it's that time again for us to head on down the old dusty pod trail.
2: Yep. Get the fuck out of this hot-ass room.
1: (laughs) I wasn't even supposed to be here today.
2: (laughs) Uh, Now let's talk for a long time about the workers' rights on the uh, rebuilding of the Death Star.
1: (laughs) Sounds good to me.
2: RJ, what do you want to go out on this week?
1: Uh, Well, I want to do what I always do, which is I want to thank every single listener uh, who takes the time to download and listen to this show. We're in twenty. episodes and i i mean i joked about it earlier in the show but i i honestly never thought we'd make it this far No, nah, I, n- I figured
2: we'd get bored with this shit
1: i never <laughs> i never really thought i'd make one if i'm being honest but uh uh it means the, the world to me that everybody keeps downloading and listening and uh i, I didn't think anyone would listen to it either so it's great when anybody listens or retweets the links or any of that stuff is great. Uh, I'll say this, though. A L- little bit of a sour note. A little curmudgeonly Uncle RJ's uh, out here on the porch screaming at you youngsters to get off his lawn. No, wait. Get on my lawn. My lawn being this podcast. Get on it. <laughs> and then uh, and go on over to iTunes and give us a rate and review. We've been at seven uh, uh review- ratings and only four reviews for oh about a month, at least a month now so yeah. pick pick it pick it up people
2: get out there get on our lawn we love you put your body on our lawn
1: yes our By lawn. which I
2: mean, do that pot do that <laughs> iTunes shit that our, our lawn
1: requires it. the miracle grow that is your reviews
2: we need your constant praise so we don't feel alone in this cold cold world <laughs>
1: Ah, uh, well, that's just, I'm so worried that the neighborhood uh, association will judge me by my poorly maintained lawn, a.k.a. pod, so I just, I need your help. Did you and, see their
2: house? There's not nearly enough kids in their lawn. Uh, do you reviews. see how
1: not verdantly green their grass is? <laughs> Did you see how it's not the most uh, uh, hyper-colored viridian <laughs> What's wrong with them? Yeah. It's like they have jobs. But, Motherfuckers. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, and if you're not on iTunes, that's totally understandable. Uh, we are still also on Google Play and Stitcher, so you can head over to those sources and listen to us as well. Uh, but again, I, I'm giving you a little a bit of the hard time here. I'm giving you the business listeners, but seriously, uh, we just appreciate you, your, your ears. But, yeah. uh, What what did you want to go out on this week?
2: Well, RJ, first I'd like to say, yes, we appreciate your ears. Your beautiful, healthy, non-infected ears. Oh. <laughs> can I borrow them for just a minute? Um, <laughs> uh, this week I'd like to tell all of you where you can get in contact with us. You can email us at govmanpod at gmail.com. You can follow the podcast on Facebook at facebook.com slash GovManPod. You can follow us on Twitter at GovManPod. And you can follow me on Twitter at R-A-E underscore gun.
1: Yes, and I am at upscale hobo.
2: And if you're going to follow one of us, can I suggest RJ, who's funnier and tweets much more often?
1: I disagree. If you don't want your feed crowded with pictures of dogs on National Dog Day... <laughs> You should definitely follow Rand.
2: If you don't want your feed cluttered with dogs on National Dog Day, what's your fucking problem? <laughs> you monster.
1: Uh, well, at least you won't have to worry about that pesky vacuum anymore.
2: That's true, I guess. We are going to have to buy a new one. Anyway, as you all go out into the world this week, as you pet all the dogs that you know, as you... Leave thoughtful reviews on your favorite podcast's iTunes webpage.
1: Yes, as you find the biggest, most vascularly muscled man that you can <laughs> and destroy his entire body with one punch. As you do that.
2: I want you to remember one thing, and that is that Big Brother is watching.
1: And he thinks you're boring.
2: This is just stacking up. This ear hurts.
1: Hey ear, you better get right.
2: It's probably a good feeling because it's it's it hurts some, but it's like it feels like it's
1: weirdly like it's healing,
2: like it's dripping or something. Oh
1: yeah, (laughs) that's what it feels like. Oh, I love it. Which when I
2: made this face, that's what that was about.
1: Oh, I love it when my ear's dripping. Mm.
2: All that infection, hopefully coming out of the uh, ear canal. This is what needs to go on the end.
1: Mmm, that sopping wet ear. Mm.
2: Just dripping with infection.
1: <laughs> your ear's like a Philly dip. Ew. Or not a... Or, sorry, your your ear's like a Chicago-style dip there you beef go. sandwich.
2: Don't get it wrong. The sandwich boys will come after you. <laughs>
1: yeah, the sandwich mafia. <laughs> uh, they knew this day would come. They had scried the bones after they would peeled <laughs> the meat from it.
2: You're not going to give up that bone scrying. No,
1: not until it lands.
2: Oh, God. I feel like every time I laugh, like it's way too loud.
1: No, no. Your laugh okay. is, your laugh's great.
2: Okay. Because in my head, it's like... Yeah.
1: That's how loud it is. Your laugh is like... Uh, in your own head, your laugh is like that moment in Empire when Luke throws the grenade into the ad-ad underneath. And it's like... Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. That's what I sound like in my own head.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh. You know, in in the defense, though, of your head, your head is the best part of the original trilogy, so...